Welcome everyone to the True Exact Show. I'm your host, I'm here Brian Eric, joined with XSIQ and our special guest from Broken Complex Record. You might have known him in the past from Funk Volume, DJ Hopper. How you doing, man? Hope you're staying safe out there. Yes, yes, I am staying safe at home, chilling, man. So, well, oh, sorry, buddy, go on. No, I was just saying, big chilling. Good, yeah, that's really all that's there to do at this yep. point. Um, what we like to do on here is reach out to some people, you know, we grew up. Uh, listening to we've had a couple battlers on we've gotten a funk volume about eight years ago and uh you know you were you were the dj behind the madness if you will so uh we reached out to you and uh we want to know though your backstory a bit we like to delve into that so how'd you get started and how'd you get into music um shit you know like uh my mom is a concert like cellist she plays the cello had me on like piano early and then like i got into like guitar, drums, bass, just playing instruments in like junior high and uh, was in bands and shit. And then uh, had a homie, close homie in the neighborhood that had turntables and that was a wrap. I, I was in his garage spinning records and he actually hooked me up with like my first turntable and a mixer and I slowly pieced together a setup, started scratching, doing house parties, um, loved hip hop like crazy, just loved it, related to it like really on a personal level and uh, started playing house parties and then wanted to make the beats, wanted to make the music that I was playing at the parties. Got like, you know, had a shitty computer with some shitty program and was like throwing loops together and then got like a little MPC, started making beats. It was like real organic and gradual making beats in like my mom's garage when I was like 17, you know? And then that's when I put together my first album. And then I finished my album my homies believed in it. I didn't want to try to pitch it. I didn't want to try to do that. I was like, fuck it. This is just like underground hip hop shit. Like fucking let's start our own shit. And we did Broken Complex. And then I just stuck with it, man. Fucking throughout the years and have put out a bunch of music. And the funk volume thing was like a cool thing that just happened. Like, hey, they need a DJ. Like I got hired through, uh, through Dame. He came and saw me DJ at like a club. And was just like, yo, like I work with these rappers, like they're about to go on a tour. They need a DJ. Are you willing to do it? And I was like, cool. Yeah, let's do it. And then we did the tour, had such a good time, you know, and they were like, yo, we want you on board. I wanted to be on board because what they were doing was dope. So got with them. But the whole time I was with them, I was always repping Broken Complex, like simultaneously. You know what I mean? Uh -huh. And then, uh, yeah, that's like a quick up to the funk volume thing. Then funk volume went, you know, like did its thing and, uh, Still been putting out records with like Demerick, Gavlin, um, working with Dizzy, still DJ for Dizzy, tons of records with Jaren, you know, like, so um, still in contact with everybody and all that shit. So, yeah. With, with the, uh, yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to jump right into the funk volume thing. Cause uh, that, that's like uh, probably 2011, I would say, but who was your influences when you first started? Like who you said it was like part of you, like uh, your life, who, who are your influences hip hop wise or yeah, music wise or music wise? No, absolutely. Like hip hop was like, I was really into like groups. Um, I really enjoyed like Tribe Called Quest, Farside, Hieroglyphics, um, Total Mischief, Blackstar. Um, I really enjoyed like the crew aspect of hip hop, Wu-Tang Clan, of course, and shit. Um, so I was like a 90s kid, grew up on all that boom bap era and uh, just loved it, man. Yeah, I missed uh, Shadow, Premiere, you know what I mean? All those yeah. guys. 
Do you do you remember the far side video drop where everything was backwards? Of course. Yeah. And I, that that to me was still one of the coolest videos of all time. I used to love when that would come on MTV, and I'd hit my brother and be like, "Oh, the the video that goes backwards is on." And then the in the mid nineties, that was like the cool fucking uh thing to do, I guess. The weird shit. Love the far side. Loved uh, Diggable Planets and yeah, like Tribe and shit. That was my shit. So, so how did you get into the beat making instead of like really like? You said like you made an album, whatnot. When did you realize the beats were what you wanted to do more than the rapping? Oh shit! I was never like I never liked my voice. Um, I always freestyled with the homies. Like I had rapper homies all the time. Like uh, always was in the scene, in the culture, in the ciphers at the house party, but never wanted to like record myself. I'm sure there's like somebody's got songs with me rapping on it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. <laughs> it was all like for fun back in the day. Super young shit. Right. That that reminds me of uh, XSIQ's brother. He made beats too, and we always had to force him to get on songs, and he, he was the same way. He, like, made beats, and we would always need a 16, and no one else was around. Not to say your brother was bad. He was actually pretty good at rapping. And we were like, come on, just get on the track. All right, fine. Right, right. Yeah. That's how it is. You just, like, you have the vision for the song. You know how it sounds. You know how you want it to sound, but you don't want to be the one rapping on it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. But that's the difference between coaches and players. Right, right. You know, a coach knows how to – he knows what needs to be done, but he can't necessarily do it. But the players know how to do it but don't know what needs to be done, you know? <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. yeah. So they work together. In, in, in tw so in, in the time you were doing the house parties in high school and whatnot, was the, how was the reception? Like, did you just walk in and you were just like, I'm here to, like – dj or people knew about it in high school i mean i'm old school man like we were the shit because it was like at the house party these dudes come in like we were carrying crates of records and fucking turntables and shit so we were the entertainment like it was like oh yeah it's like a keg coming through you know what i mean like fucking <laughs> there's music and that's a party if you have those two things you're set you know what i mean in a mm -hmm. backyard fucking uh so that was like and that always got it popping uh we always brought a mic there was always freestyles like it was just a really fun, organic time of like hip hop in my life growing up. Like, was the house party scene that we grew yeah. You know, there's a lot of like dumb shit too. Like, homies bringing Nas tanks and fucking a lot of like <laughs> lighting the pool on fire and dumb shit. Like, <laughs> how, how does someone do that? <laughs> you light a like, pool on fire. That's pretty you pour, cool. You pour four gallons of gas in a pool. Don't. <laughs> Don't all right, let me write this down. Okay. <laughs> the whole top of the pool and they fucking drop a match and the flames go like thirty feet high. Yeah, just wait on the dad has to mow the fucking lawn the next day and all his gas is gone. <laughs> you think that's what he'll notice, Scott? The pool, the fire? Yeah. <laughs> the fence. The pool had the gate around it, so people were trapped and they were like, <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> And the band was playing by the diving board. All our shit was like melted. Our fucking amps and shit all like got, got singed and fucked up and shit. That's awesome. You know, there's a statue of limitations on murder still hot, but I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> this is all, you know, don't do this. Yeah, don't light a pool of fire. Bro, those, those sound like such epic parties. Like, our, we didn't have any DJs. We didn't have any bands. We had, nobody was lighting pools on fire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But, so there was people trapped, like inside. Like no one got hurt, right? No one got hurt. No. Okay. <laughs> it was all good fun, man. Yeah. Oh yeah. Cops didn't even show up, man. It was all good. Oh, that's good. <laughs> yeah, uh, 
How'd you hook up? With, I saw you. I, I did some uh, research on you before this. I like to do that, obviously. How did you hook up with Bliss and Esso? I never knew you did music with them. Which is crazy. That's my first real feature. Um, yeah. And for people, sorry, for people who don't know Bliss and Esso, Eric, like I know, yeah, they're like Australian. They're like red and meth out there. Like they yeah. are huge out there. So yeah. for you to hook up with them is probably really cool. How'd that happen? So when I was just like, I mean, super green, making beats like really amateur, I knew nothing about nothing about audio mixing, nothing about making beats. I was just really drag and dropping samples and just doing it all by ear, all by what I wanted it to sound like, but I knew nothing. And I was on these forums called illmusic.com uh, with a Z and a K, illmusic. And uh, shout outs to Ill Music, man. That was the first like little forum I was on where I was like asking questions and learning about production and shit. And I met some cool dudes out of there. And um, this dude, his name was Nug, N-U-G. I think he passed away, rest in peace. Um, and he messaged me for like a beat I had just posted for like feedback on. You know, they have the little forms that are like, post your beats up for feedback. And like, mm -hmm. like oh, yeah, it's cool. It sh you should do this. You should, you know, drop your bass or whatever. So it was a real cool little community. And he hit me up and was like, yo, I'm from Australia. I work with these dudes, Bliss and Esso, you know, and uh, we want that beat. And I was like, dope. And like, he's like, is 300 bucks cool? I was like, fuck yeah. <laughs> Fucking incredible. I'm like, yeah, send it, dude. And uh, I sent him the beat and like, um, you know, I found out later, like, oh shit, they pressed it to vinyl and they're on tour with 50 Cent and shit. Like, it was really cool. Like, it was just a... Um, I ended up reconnecting with them. I did a couple other songs with them and um, they did a song with like Dizzy and stuff like that. So they've kind of like stayed connected throughout the years, just a little bit met up with bliss and stuff. But um, yeah, they're super cool dudes, man. It was just a random thing that happened off like posting beats on the internet on like a really like random production website. Yeah. Now that they paid you, be honest, would you have given it to them for free? Um, no, I'd still, you know, I'd, I'd give it to him for free with some with some publishing, you know what I mean? Right. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, back end money because I'm sure it made a lot more than 300 bucks. But I mean, <laughs> it's all. I was just happy for the opportunity, at, you know, at that point in my career or whatever. It's of course. Like, happy for anybody and yeah, get the music on the vinyl. They mailed me the record. I was so hyped. I was like, you know, 19, like fuck yeah, I'm on. That's a record. sick. I mean, yeah, that's awesome, man. Yeah. yeah. You mentioned you mentioned that you were making beats. You were doing a lot of this stuff by ear. Did you eventually have any type of like formal training, or was it more like on the job experience type thing? I never, man. I always was like, I wish I just had a fucking mentor. Like, I, where's my Miyagi, dude? Where's my fucking <laughs> grandmaster that's gonna show me shit? Nah, man. It was pretty much, it was pretty much by ear until fucking YouTube, and then it was like, okay, I can look up specific shit. And yeah. Like, it out like recording vocals like why do my vocals sound muddy or some shit just go to youtube and fucking find some reputable engineer and learn it from them like mm -hmm. that's like pretty much youtube taught engineer fucking and then with beats it's all just like beats is like video games or something you just get better and better and better and figure it out yeah, more with the software more yeah but yeah. mixing and recording and stuff mm -hmm. a lot of stuff i just went to the internet and like just looked mm -hmm. it up yeah Yes, yeah, I, I asked that because I went to school for audio engineering and yeah. like learning how to use Pro Tools, learning how to use like Ableton Live. Uh, I forget some of the other ones. This was a long time ago. And I ended up finishing it, but I never ended up like doing anything further with it. 
and I was going to New York City and this was like, I was literally there every day doing that shit. And it's like, at that time, you know, YouTube wasn't like that yet where it had all the instructional type stuff. And now, I mean, you can hop on just like you said, oh, I have muddy vocals. Well, how can I fix this? And then yeah. boom, somebody made a video and they're like, oh, it's just this and this. And you're like, oh shit. And then you fixed it. And now you've learned. It's like you level up. Yeah, like YouTube is a it's an incredible like resource for anything. Anything. But, yeah. I'd be like, fuck, you know, like I got this, I just got some ribeyes, like, let me make sure I'm cooking them right. You know, you yeah. Yeah. the perfect ribeye and shit. You see like seven techniques and you're like, Okay, cool, I'm gonna take a little from this, boom, boom, and then you, yep. you know, Yeah. The switch in my dryer broke. The switch in <laughs> my dryer broke, I had no idea what to do. And some guy taught me, some old guy was like, You're taking apart. I'm like, this is awesome. <laughs> What do people do before this? I still wouldn't. I still. I still don't know how to tie a tie. I use the instruction videos every time. When I was in when I was in seventh grade, my mom printed out pictures of someone doing it, and I had to figure it out that way. Man, back in the day, <laughs> I've probably tied a tie less than less than ten times in my life. Yeah. <laughs> Me too, and every time I go to YouTube, and then I get mad at the instructor, like, and I go to the next video if I fuck it up. I'm like, this guy's an idiot. He doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> no, but all right, to, to get into the funk volume years, um, when you got there, now, did, to me, that was like a quick boom. Like, they just shot right yeah. up. Like, it, it had to be surreal for you, like, to just get on there, all right, I'm in, and then all of a sudden, like, I want to say Hobson might have released the Illmind 5, the one where, like, he was in all white, and that was the one where it was just, like, all right. I think it was 4, Illmind no. 4, the one that he made in his room. Yeah, but 5 was the big one, man. Like, that I got, like, yeah. The, he had, like, got a million, like, yeah. I think it got a million every day for, like, a week straight. So it had, yeah. like, seven like, so how did you, like, react to it? Were you like, oh, shit, like, I stepped in a great situation here, or, like... This is awesome. I knew, that, I knew that from the first tour when we were doing random, really, like, the very first I Am Raw tour, it was, like, five guys in one room. Like, they were, like, sleeping on the floor. Like, the sleeping situation was crazy. We were in, like, a small van. And um, the shows were small. They were, like, I mean, the shows were packed. They were sold out, but small venues. They were, like, 200, 300 capacity venues. But, like, that energy was wild. Like I was like, "Oh shit, this is already like something." You can tell by the fan base, by the by the energy, of the the interaction of the music and everything. So, I knew it was popping like right off the jump, and we worked our asses off, man. Like we toured consistently every single year. You know, as soon as that tour started, we didn't stop until until the label broke up. So it was like. I kind of just watched the venues get bigger. The energy was always the same. It was always like sold out, fucking fan interaction. People want to meet and greets, everything. But then it just got bigger, 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 bigger venues and shit. And then it was like, you know, it was like 2015. And then uh, shit, shit went down. Yeah, without you, I don't know how much you could get into that. But like, uh, what, like. Well, hold on. Before before All we right, go into go. that, I just want to say one thing. I We went to, like Scott mentioned, we went. What was it like? 2012, 2012. 2012 yeah. yeah, 2012. Uh, Hobson came to SOBs in New York, mm -hmm. and we ended up going. 
because Scott was like, oh, Hobson's going to be there. We're going to – let's get tickets. I was like, yeah, cool. So we, we end up going, and we're standing outside waiting in line to get in. And Hobson ended up coming out and, like, shaking people's hands in the line, saying thank you for coming to the show, literally taking pictures with everyone in the line. Yeah. And, like, I was blown away by that because I'm like, yo, like, how many shows do you go to where the guy comes out and does this? And, like, right. we were huge fans of his. So for him to come out and do that and, like, literally just shake everyone's hand, say thank you, and take a picture, next, next, next. Like, it, it, that, that blew me away about it. And I'm like, you know, this guy's going to be big if this shit really takes off, you know? Yeah, man. That, and that fan, that fan interaction and that fan, like, respect has been like there from the jump because it's just like me personally i'm like yo like without the fans obviously there's no there's no artist there's no show there's no there's no thing happening you know what i mean so it's like that's what it's all about and um that's just like the the that was a part of funk volume too and like the whole demeanor of all the artists was just like yo it's all about the fans yeah and you gain you gain more fans with that man so when when it fell apart, for lack of better terms. Like, were you, were you aware it was happening, or was it like a text you woke up to, like, wait, what the hell just happened? It was like, for me personally, it was like a text, like, oh, shit. Like, I kind of, I knew shit was brewing. We all knew, like, shit, the tension was high, but the actual thing was just like, oh, shit, you know, call Dizzy, call Jaron, figuring it all out, finding it all out. Um, but it was like, you know, I wasn't on that specific call where the shit really was like split. You know what I mean? Where like shit was said, where they were like, fuck this and that. But I was just immediately calling the homies and figuring it all out right after. Was so. it all of them or just like what, like did all, I'd hate to like ask you all this, man. Cause I don't know, like if you want to talk about, was it all three of them who had a problem? Like Jaron, Diz and Hop or just was it Hop and the like one guy and was just like, fuck this, you know? There was like, you know, it's like nobody had, we all had like, everyone had gripes, you know what I mean? It's like if right. you work a job, just whatever it be, there's just certain things that you're like, man, I wish this was like this, or this should be like this, or why isn't this like this, or whatever, you know? So it's like, that existed, like, just because we have been doing like relentless touring and shit, we're on the road and shit's going down. What happened on that phone call was more just like disrespect, you know what I mean? Like fucking mutual disrespect, I guess you could call it or whatever. Mm. Lack of lack of understanding of each other's perspective to where, you know, like they were offended. They offended each other. Hop was offended. Whatever happened, and it was a it was like a straw that broke the camel's back type situation. Right, um, and that's pretty much. And you know, Hop. Hop is a passionate dude, and he's the type of dude that, you know, he feels strongly about something at that moment. He's not going to sit and think about it for a week. He's, he's going to act at that moment, you know what I mean? So he right. acted, and that was the action, and the action was, was that, you know what I mean? It was what that's, it was. That's a damn shame because I really feel like the – and I, not to compare the two because, like, it's unfair to compare, like, a label to a Shady Records type thing, but – the the way that funk volume just exploded from like 2012 to that time and they were getting artists like Jaron Benton like they had a sh you guys had a shot like to just catapult if if shit didn't hit the fan that that's still 
kind of irks me. I'm sure more irks you more than me as a fan. But just, I mean, it's crazy because we were, you know, we got in the game at a great time to where social media was like really popping. Mm -hmm. no, uh, there was no algorithm yet. There was no limitation. Right. On visibility. Yeah. So we would put out posts and there'd be a hundred thousand shares on like mm -hmm. a post or something. Like things would go really like ultra viral where now it's like they just will like, you know, make an artist pay out the ass to get those kind of like results you know it's not organic anymore like it was before where everybody could see what they you know see everything and pick and choose what they like um so we had that recipe of like vi virality is that what the word is it works you're good it works <laughs> you know and it was popping and it's just, that's a shame because it was like yeah we were there we were kind of set we were set in motion you know no yeah so, um but, you know, everybody's still active and everybody's still making music. So I'm stoked to see that, you know, Swizz dropping music, Dizzy Wright drops music, Jaren Benton drops music, Hobson dropping music. You know, I'm still active. So it's like that shit wasn't an end all be all for any of the individual mm -hmm. artists, you know, even, you know, Dame's still active. He's still doing mm -hmm. his thing. So it's just like, that's what I'm glad for. It didn't like dead someone's career. You know what I mean? It wasn't yeah, like, oh, yeah. man, you never heard from him again, you know? Like, <laughs> So that's cool, you know, like, uh, and it was a good chapter, man. We definitely had a ton of fun and I learned a lot about, about how labels are run. You know, I, I run an independent label and that shit I got to watch on a large scale, you know, operate with all these parts, way more moving parts and stuff. So it was cool to learn. Yeah, man. I have one more question about the funk volume thing. Then uh, we could dead it if you want. Were you there when they challenged COB with Crooked Eye to that freestyle contest? I, um, what was, did they, did they do that on like a radio interview? I think it was Sway, yeah, Sway in the morning. Apparently like Funk Volume from what Crooked has said or tweeted, they like came in real cocky and then like COB just kind of like, you know, proved they were the vets, you know what I mean? Were you I, there for that? I wouldn't be able to speak on it because if I was there, I could have been there, like very well could have been yeah. there. I would have just been in the studio, you know, looking for weed, rolling some weed up in the back. <laughs> you know, like, and, uh. But I, I mean, I, I remember the, the track. I remember the song, and the, the beef. That's, that's a great diss song, man. Yeah, it's, uh, that was a weird, weird one to like look back on. <laughs> yeah, it was random, very random. Yeah. Like uh, there's like money on the line or something like that. It was like it was all over the place. All right, Brian, any last? Because I know you're a big fan of Funk Volume. So any last questions before we move on from Funk Volume? Please. Is Jaron Benton as crazy as he comes off in his music? <laughs> yes, absolutely. <Okay. laughs> but not, not, um, not relate like related to the music. He's crazy. Yeah, yeah. I, I know. I'm not. I'm not. He's crazy. Yeah, I'm not saying like crazy like that. But like, I don't know. Summit like the. Wow. What was the mixtape? The one with uh, Free Jaren Basin with Kevin Bacon. Yeah, he's chilled out a lot over the years. You know, <laughs> you know, he's not doing. You know, he's not smoking crack with Kevin Bacon or whatever. Yeah, gotcha. yeah. he's not doing all that. Um, that's all good fun, and you know, he's just yeah, 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 yeah. Crazy but you know, but you know what? It, it's like it's like when you when you uh, you almost want to align the music with the person. So like that whole that whole out like that mixtape. I love that mixtape, and yeah. like. He's like some of the songs are just really like off the wall, and I, I love like music like that. So then you almost like you're like, is this person really crazy like this? 
Yeah. You would be doing meet and greets. You don't know how many people have offered Jaron like speed or coke or something. Not <laughs> this, you know. And he's like, "Oh man, no, 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 dog, I don't want that shit." You know, like, <laughs> you can't you can't put out a mixtape named "Free Basing" with Kevin Bacon and not <laughs> expect someone to come up to you with something. Yeah. I would free base. I would have offered him bacon. <laughs> I don't have a drug dealer, but you know, I was just that path mark. <laughs> Hey, all right, man, let's get into Hoppin' Friends, your first album. So I, I, I've been dying to know this. How do you decide who gets on which track? How do you, like, do you call up, like, I know Ari the Rugged Man was on one, and uh, one of the songs, do you just call him and say, hey, I got an open 16? Or you say, send me a 16, I'm putting you on a song with Dizzy, with Jaron, with Wax. How does it work? It's You just got to kind of, like, hear it and like i hear it you know like i'll be like oh yeah this one would sound good on this song um sometimes it's perfect like that where i know the person i can reach out to them or like i try to reach out to them and they they're down but um also it's like uh you kind of you'll have a list of who who you can reach out to and then you got a list of the tracks and you're just like piecing it together just like yeah this would sound good this would be cool you know it's all like it's really just in my head of what i think would sound good like who would sound good with who or like mm -hmm. Or, yeah, like, someone will come and do half a song. Like, someone will do a hook and a verse, and I'm just sitting on that. And then I'm just like, all right, who would complement this song? Who would who would be able to, like, match the subject matter and the vibe of the song? Because, you know, everybody's got their own different vibe. You might not want to put, like, an artist that's swaggy on, you know, another type of track, you know, or an artist that's too, like, political on, like, a, you know, more bouncy track or some shit. I don't know, fucking... But, you know, you just kind of feel the vibes out and match it up accordingly. Right. I, I have to say, too, the whole album from, like, from a few years ago, I like it because, like, it's just raw. It, like, it reminds me of an old, like, old Hobson song. Like, it reminds me of you with your funk volume, like, mask on, if you will. Like, right. it, it just, every bar, like, there was a line where, to bring up Jaron Benny, he said, like, some ripped the, um, uh, some straight jacket and bite the buckle off. It just every bar just hits. Like you know what I mean. I, I, I really love that about the album. So I'm, yeah. I'm excited about the uh, second one. And when I do pre-order it, I, I I don't know which uh, little item to pick. I'm, I'm nervous about that. So. <laughs> but yeah, no, that's dope, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, we'll pre-order that at BrokenComplex.com. Yeah. yeah. Hey. Hey, uh, excess. Do you have any questions? I'm sorry. I'd hate to have us hog this. Um, I mean, well, I'm, I started off playing drums myself. I'm 30 now. I've been playing drums for like 27 years. Um, oh, and I started, uh, yeah. fuck yeah, dude. You yeah. Have really good rhythm. Um, I mean, I work really hard, you know, so, <laughs> um, but hearing that you had all those other musical influences around you. And now that you've been so deep in what you're doing now, do you still mess around with drums or guitar or anything still? Oh man. If I see a drum set, like I'm jumping on it no matter what. Yeah, absolutely. And if I had, um, like I had a little studio set up at the homies crib and they sold the crib. So right now I got the guest room set up and we're trying to get a new studio for broken complex. So when we do that, it's like been a goal of mine to have like a little jazz kit in there or just a okay. real simple like kick drum, hat, splash, you know, little simple kit in there just to do exactly that, like play breaks and uh, Word. So I can still play drums because I love playing drums. And there's something about like even even trying to program that natural swing, you just can't 
you just can't do it and you have yeah, your, yeah. everyone's got their own swing and that shit's like priceless you know what i mean so I know exactly what you mean yep. yeah yeah so you get that organic there's something organic about even if there's like little mess ups or something in there you know what i mean yeah. it just adds to the organicness of the sound i totally feel that yeah and for me personally i um like the last like like pretty much half of my drumming career has been focused on like the marching band world and like marching percussion you know what i mean so going that, into going into that, you yeah. got it you got it like travis barker type shit exactly yeah, yeah. yeah um so it's been really interesting for me transitioning into rapping for over like the past year or so basically trying to incorporate as much of like my drumming knowledge into rapping as i can you know yeah and it it, it all cross relates man you know what yeah I mean? man I wish I would have stuck with the piano lessons longer. You know, as a kid, you don't you don't understand the benefit that it's going to have. Of course. You, yeah, so you're just like, oh, I want to go outside and ride my bike. Like, fuck this piano shit. Right, dude. And especially in your case, producing, like, dude. Right. It, it only helps, like, so much exponentially. Yeah, it goes hand in hand for sure. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Cool, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Going to your creative process, what, what are you talking about? Like, how you think of beats? Um. Yeah, you're familiar with the Beach Boys, Brian Wilson, Pet Sounds? Yeah. Okay, so you know how he made some of those beats, right? Like he brought actual pets into the freaking studio and just <laughs> now, now, which some people argue is the greatest album ever made um, production-wise. Right. How do you, is there anything crazy you've done like that that you've thought about doing? Like something just you hear outside like a, a I don't know, like a, a horn honk. You're like, I could use that. Something crazy? That, I've definitely, I mean – shit if you go back to that bliss and so track man if you if you go listen to that track there's a little vocal piece in there it's just me going like Hoo, and some shit like that track <laughs> and like i just put myself in the song like vocal I, that's probably like the most like weird shit i'll do is like when no one's around and i'm alone making a beat i'll like sing some shit and then yeah. up with it so much that it's completely like indistinguishable you know what i mean like doesn't mm -hmm. It doesn't sound like me at all and shit and sneak that in there. But it like if someone had the footage of me recording it, it would look wild. <laughs> <laughs> totally you're out of Are you, Do you have like a specific mood that you're in when you make a beat or are you just messing around and then you kind of just feel that vibe and roll with it? That's a good question. Man, like today, today I was just messing around. Like I literally was telling myself, man, I should mess around and, and make a beat today and like literally you know my kids rolling around on the floor my lady's on the couch and i'm just clicking shit and like fucking around made a beat like that but then also there's other times where i'm like you know sit down it's beat it's beat time you know like, <laughs> like yeah try to like set it up like that so it kind of like it varies you know but yeah sometimes you have to like just tell yourself like sit down and fuck around because uh that inspiration isn't always there you just gotta like yeah. you know, force yourself to get in the groove you know like get into it make it a habit yeah when, when you when you made a when you made a beat did you have an idea of how the song should be and then you let somebody put their 16 on it and it wasn't the type of vibe that you wanted like is that a difficult thing that yeah, go yeah that's, that's definitely it, more names of course there's um, someone right now watching this crushing a coke can. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I can imagine it's like, oh, I picture this, and they go here with it, and you're like, damn. Oh, oh, oh that's heartbreaking too. Like, or you, you know, you have this vision of them like spazzing, or like you know, just like really fast rapping, or like doing something like just so hard, and then they, they're like, yo, so I'm, you know, I'm gonna sing on this record, or like, yo, like, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, or like check out what I wrote, and it's like totally, you know 
not necessarily what you know the vision is i always try to guide it though i might be like i'll you know we'll track it we'll record it and then i'll be like now try this one you know let's hear them yeah. let's a b those parts and then see if i can somehow steer the ship back. right like, yeah. yeah i've always i've, I've always wondered like if, if there's like a west coast rapper an east coast rapper and a southern rapper all on the same song do they collaborate do they say this is what we want or did they just spit their 16 and you put it together and sometimes they look like they don't go together but sometimes it seems like there's a vibe like how does that usually work that's all in the song you know like if they're all in the same studio then you know they're definitely like i'm sure okay. collaborating like that but if you're if it's a one producer in one city and then he's sending the song out to three different rappers it all depends like what order the artists receive the song like sometimes they all just get the beat with nothing on it and they're just like fuck it i'll just rap about whatever send 16 bars back and then the producer puts that together which i don't think is the way to do it usually you want to have at least like a hook on there yeah. like, you know some kind of like vibe and direction and like just have all the artists like hit the same topic yeah. you know yeah because i can imagine like imagine writing about like killing murdering people and somebody's like we got to change man is it there's a different way and it's like the right. same song like how does that how do you avoid that, that song's called fucking the yin and the yang <laughs> that happened that happened in a, a track i collabed someone with i won't name him. my verse is about like that bringing in yeah bringing in a new era of rap and like i sent it out to him he was out in la and he sent the verse back and it yeah. was like he had like drugs in his verse and I was like, this doesn't really work, but fuck it, go with it. <laughs> At the end of the day, you know, if it sounds good, shit, it doesn't even, you know. <laughs> exactly, yeah. You know, sometimes people are like, fuck it, I don't care, you know, as long as it's fucking banging. Is there anyone, is there anyone you haven't made a, you want on your beat you haven't had yet? Like the, 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 wow, this would be awesome. Oh shit, I would love to work with like Action Bronson um, for like current rappers. Um, who else? Like, uh, that's a good question too. I haven't really, I haven't put much thought into it. Like, whatever. Like, we ask good questions on the show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. I would say like, uh, who else is who else is in my vibe right now that I'm fucking with? Oh, IDK. I've been hitting up IDK okay. to get on my shit. Uh, he's a, he's dope as fuck, and um, yeah, I guess those two guys off top would be like two guys I'd go for real quick. Yeah. Do you watch Fuck That's Delicious? I saw I saw a couple of them. I seen the like clips and stuff on IG and shit. It is so funny. Like I was watching that. Like when they go to like East New York, that shit is just the funniest thing. Yeah. Anyway. Actually, a hilarious dude, man. Like fuck yeah. Now, Hoppa, I know you have a label and. You have to be careful how you talk. And I know there's a place for everybody because everyone we ask, there's a place for everyone in hip hop, right? Us being a little older, like, how do you feel about it right now with what's mainstream? And I know I know, if you want good music, you search for it, but you got guys like, uh, let me just give out like a, uh, out on the West Coast, Locksmith, right? Who's putting out great, bars like just like inspirational shit who's making his money he's doing well i'm assuming i don't want to speak on his finances but like i'm sure he's doing well has a great following out there i'm a, we're fans of him we had him on the show and then you got like migos or takashi making the 56 million a year i mean does that at all irk you are you around people you know it irk you it did when I was really young. Like, when I was right. really young in the game, I was just like, man, fuck this shit. Like, they don't keep it real. Da-da-da-da-da. Yeah. 
It's like, who the fuck am I to determine what the fuck real is? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, like, why am I like what? So it's like, yeah. let everybody do their fucking thing. Um, I respect. I think everyone's got a lane. And shout outs to the Migos for making big bricks of money that they can hold and put into <laughs> an airplane. I think they've strapped yeah. money into like an airplane seat before. It is you know, amazing. Yeah. 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 Imagine being on that flight. Like, can I get a little bit of can I get this much? Yeah, exactly. Just be extra nice. Try to get a tip. I just came here for a water. What am I doing here? <laughs> no, but like you say, you said when you were younger, we were like that too. You're 19. Oh man, I'll never do a song. Like blah blah blah. I'm keeping it real. It's amazing how your morals change when you have bills to pay. You know, yeah. like <laughs> I'm a big supporter on um on like support what you like and just don't hate on what you don't like if you don't like something get it off your radar get it off your plate you know what i mean like you yeah. don't have to follow the migos to see them mm -hmm. to get mad at them and comment on their posts like right you guys are fake you know like why are they even on your radar if you don't fuck with them you know what i mean so right yeah and mm -hmm. instead i just have all the artists that i do fuck with and i support them you know what i mean so it's like i try to just take that angle and just not even give but, you know, shout outs to the Migos. They got bangers. You know what I mean? But, like, artists that I don't fuck with, I just don't give them shine. And artists that I do, I do. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, that's, that's familiar, funny. Scott. What, what does that mean? It's the same thing Nino Bless said. He's like, if you don't like stuff, he said, if you don't like something, stop fucking watching it. <laughs> I've gotten better the age I've gotten older. It's when people, listen, how, like, I won't listen to them, but it's when I see people listen to them, trying to push them on me. It's like, stop. I don't want to hate on them because I don't like that type of music. So don't send me their shit or right. else I'm going to hate on them, right? So, like, my friends do it to piss me off. So, like, <laughs> then, I get, then I get mad. Like, uh, I, I mean... The only illogical one that you don't like, it, it just makes no sense, is 2 chains. It makes perfect sense, and I don't... No, it doesn't. <laughs> Yo, your, your face, you were, when I said, if you watch Takashi 6 Nines, I was like, forget what you think about him. Takashi 6 9 Billy video is one of the hardest music videos yeah. ever. And you guys were over, I was like, just watch it. You're like, I don't want to watch it. That shit was hard, even though the aftermath... Yeah, Whatever. and all that but shit. That but that video, if yeah. you look at it as, as a video, like a movie, that shit was hard, for sure. It was. Entertaining. Fair. You know what that shit is? It's like that the bright colors and all that shit. Kids love that shit. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, if you tap into the kids, you're fucking global. You're huge, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a major yeah. market. And that's what, like, you know, artists like that did. And that's cool, you know? Fuck it. You yeah. know, everybody's got their lane. But then, like I said, like, very few times do I hear about it because it's just not on my on not on my radar like that. Right, yeah. and the older you get, the less time you have to give a shit about it. Let's be honest. Exactly. Pretty much. Yeah, yeah. you pick and, you got to pick and choose what you put your energy. Yeah. In, you know? Right. Um, right. The hop is that. Like, oh, go no, on. no, go on. Say, it's also like understanding the artist too. Like if you are like grew up in like '80s bands, right, and then Nirvana comes out, you're like, who the hell are these like losers, right? But like I grew up, you know, we listened to like. 50 Cent and Tupac and that when we were younger. And then I heard Lil Peep and I was like, I don't care about this guy, but I saw his documentary and his documentary made me listen to his stuff more because I was like, he's coming from like a dark place. He's bipolar. He's all fucked up. And then you're watching his, you're listening to his music and you appreciate it in a different light because he's not the typical hardcore New York rapper on the corner selling crack. He's just a guy, like a troubled kid. And yeah, a drug addict. You're hearing the authenticity in the music. And that's yeah, like, I believe him. I believe him when he's talking. So it doesn't have to be, like, 
you know, like if you're listening to a rock star, it's not like he's not drinking and doing heroin every day. Like who gives a fuck? He's in a vibe. <laughs> right, right. But if you see fake ass butt rock, like rock star, like, you know, just like fucking looking like just faking the funk, you're going you're yeah. to immediately and be like, this guy sucks. Yeah, you respect him more because he's that vulnerable. And, and exactly. Happy. It's like yeah. the authenticity, man, is everything, no matter what the vibe is. You don't have to necessarily like, you know, it doesn't have to be like your exact vibe, but you can respect it. You yeah. Know? Right. Never so, knock it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I try not to knock knock anybody's hustle. Let's get into your new album coming out. Uh, when are you dropping it? August 4th? August 4th. August yep. 4th. So pre-order it now. Hoppa and Friends 2. And explain the little gift you get because I got nervous when I was trying to order. You get, okay, there's like a custom little die-cut sticker of like all the heads, you know, the album cover. Yeah. And then you get, you get an enamel pin. It's like a fucking, you know, like a... should have one. But I don't. I think it's like those fucking pins and shit. Uh, but the one that's on that picture, the DJ Hopper ones, actually sold out. We sold out of those, so you get a different one. And I got changed the graphic. But okay, uh, that's fair. Fine. How'd you decide who was gonna be on this one? Um, man, I just hit up everybody. I like, yeah. I had, I had the usual suspects lined up. You know, like half of it done, and then I was doing posts like. Who are your favorite artists from the first one? Who do you want to hear on the second one? That's how like Yubi got on it. Recognize like um, sick. Certain artists just reached out and they were like, "Yo, like send me a beat. I want to jump on it." And I'm like, "Oh fuck yeah, let's go." So I got like half the album done in the last like couple months, just real quick during the quarantine and shit. Everybody was able to like record yeah. and the vocals in, yeah. So um, it was pretty much through like fan interaction and then through that narrowing it down and then people reaching out and then me reaching out, you know, there's a few people I didn't get to get, but, uh, shit, there's always number three. I yeah. I hope, does, I hope it doesn't take you five years, man. I hope you fucking no, it out quick. Hey, you know, I did a lot of, I did a, uh, I did two records with Gavlin and mm -hmm. Stony Point one and two in between those two records. So I, did, yeah. I did a lot of music in between the first Hoppa and Friends and the second Hoppa and Friends. But, I want uh, you to become like the now CD, like Hoppa and Friends 36. That's what I call music. It's like 200. It used to come out every year. Now it's like now 200. I'm like, how often did they put these out? <laughs> so much bread, man. Quick round. Yeah, go on. How how long will you sit on music? Like, do you have, like, will you stockpile some things only for a certain amount of time? I hate to sit on music, but I have sat on music for, like, yeah. almost a, like, about a year. Like, shit will be, like, almost a year old before it comes out. Yeah. Just due to, like, it's just, like, a song that you're, like, oh, yeah, I'm going to put that on this project, and you tuck it away, and then that project gets delayed, and then, you know... Mm pushed back you always have it like in your back pocket a lot of artists have like oh yeah songs in their back pocket like just kind oh, yeah. of, like put here and there yeah now now with with those songs like let's say let's say you have something like that you're like okay i'm gonna i'm gonna put this on this project it gets delayed for some reason and then let's say it goes like a year's time and then the project gets canceled now you just have this music like will you just put it out on something or will you just completely yeah, I'll find a home for it for sure. Yeah. yeah, I'll be like, yeah, bring that song over here. I'll put it on. Yeah, I'll find definitely like a project to put it on or or some way to like to to make it work. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. 
Yeah, because I, I feel like I feel like a lot of artists what they'll do is like I mean I understand like with the recording process like you're gonna go in you'll make an album and you may record what. 50 songs 60 songs and then you're talking about cutting it down to like a 12 track 12 to 15 tracks out of those 60 songs like where does the rest of that go like it just never gets heard i think that that mantra is more like major major label Mm. mantra where you're cutting because they're like literally trying to please some fucking round table of corporate yeah. assholes for them to make like a fucking proper hit you know what i mean like they're yeah. like, you're almost there just fucking <laughs> one hit away on this record and then we'll give you a release date you know what i mean so they just keep yeah. that's why they make fucking 60 records or you're kanye or dre and you're just ultimate perfectionist and you're just gonna keep like throwing shit at the wall in the studio until you're like yes this is perfect yeah this one's perfect this one's perfect but i think like you know i'll make like like on Hoplin Friends, every every record that I told myself like this could be on Hoplin Friends ended up on on the record. There weren't mm-hmm. any like throwaways. I liked every record. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. there could be like one or two or maybe like three. But I don't think artists make like that many songs in com- comparison to that how many get released, yeah. mm-hmm. unless they're like in like a major major label situation or if they're like a brand new you know brand new group and brand new band and they're making their very first songs so they're like they don't feel like they're ready yet you know what i mean but like yeah yeah, like if i book a studio with an artist or i like you know to work on a project you record 20 songs like 16 of those songs are going to be on the record probably yeah All right, quick round table before we get to our final segment here, Hopper. We like to do um, gun to your head segment. Uh, it's questions. We'll get to that. Uh, Eric, any final questions for him or no? Just because you mentioned them, who do you think – I don't want to say who's better because I feel like I know the answer. Uh, as a producer, Dre or Kanye? It's tough. That's tough because, um, you know, I think Kanye Kanye does more writing – lyrically than Dre so I'm like I view Kanye as like a rapper as well Dre's a mm. rapper too but I know that Dre has a lot of people that yeah. rap um, but I grew up it's also kind of like different eras too a little yeah. bit is like the earlier generation and then Kanye's the, the next generation so it's hard to compare the two because Dre when I was coming up Dre was everything he was like he made the shit sound like like hip hop sounded so polished and so fucking banging at the same time. Like he really had that mixed science down, you know, like, so I give it to Dre just because of like, you know, for me time and the time yeah. I was in when I heard it and shit. Nice. Yeah. Makes yeah, sense. Great. It's crazy how long Kanye has been around. I heard Lucifer by Jay-Z was that Oh three Oh four. He's like, Kanye, you a genius. I'm yeah. not going to finish the rest of the sentence, but yeah, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think man, you know, they're yeah. like they're totally different though in a sense because I feel like Kanye's he's more versatile like musically like he'll he'll put together a whole orchestra whereas not to say Dre's not talented obviously Dre's very talented but like Dre'll just like be dialed into the studio and like everything that's like the technical aspect of it you know where Kanye is more of like he'll put together this grand creation for like a small segment on a song. You know what I'm saying? Right. The production values, but you know, Dre, Dre will bring in yeah. incredible bass player. Like some of those bass right. lines on that, those yep. 
Facebook records are like they're crazy. Like he brings yeah. in a, a lot of live musicians and does a lot of wild shit too. Um, yeah. But yeah, you know, and Kanye also started as like a beat maker on an MPC, like straight, just him on a little beat machine, you know. So it's like yeah. they both how, have, the, you know. How many samples did Kanye have on um, with all the lights? Didn't he have like? It was like dozens and dozens. Like there's so much going into that song. Like that, that shit, that that's great. Like, yeah, his he and he's got a lot of phases with his beats and his production too. Like, yeah, his production is crazy. Like, I mean. I wouldn't really pick if I had to pick one. I'd say Dre because of the impact on me at the time. But they're both, yeah. you know, goats for sure. Mm. Right. Excess. Okay. Any uh, any final questions or no? Um, well, I thought of this a few minutes back. Um, going back to like the putting together of songs, like with the artist and stuff. Have you ever uh, received a verse first and then built a beat around the verse? Mm. No, but I've like completely, um, I've had like somebody do a song or do a verse on a song and then completely rebuild a whole new beat around their verse. So it's like All just right. said, fuck this beat, dude, this beat sucks. And then rebuilt the beat, but like totally different beat, totally different style. And uh, that's probably the furthest I've gone. I haven't gotten just like raw vocals that say 86 BPM, like figure it right. out. I mean, like not yet. Like um, so far it's like always just been beat the beat first and then the vocals yeah cool nice all right hoppa now there's a lot of pressure on you here ready we like to do a gun to your head segment and it's five questions each and we keep standings all right so we like to do like a would you rather with our guests but it's, we like to think it's a little more complicated a little more wordplay involved you know what i mean so we're gonna ask you five questions each okay. you gotta answer them gun to your head and pick a winner at the end are you ready a lot of pressure on you i have to pick a winner yes so the you gotta question. like you gotta figure out what questions you think were the best all right okay. since since i came in last on the, our last episode which is debatable we'll, we'll leave it at that i'll go first on this one all right now these are some wacky questions all right give me a question and i pick which question and i have to answer it of course yes ask, yeah you have to answer it all right you ready yeah okay oh, i'm nervous all right <laughs> would you rather live in a lighthouse or a house with no lights house with no lights okay would you rather wear a jean jacket or change your name to Eugene Jacket. <laughs> I'd rather wear a jean jacket. Okay. Would you rather carry a Tickle Me Elmo everywhere or have a guy named Elmo <laughs> tickle you every day? <laughs> Fuck. I would, I would carry a Tickle Me Elmo everywhere. All right. Bro, <laughs> man, is tickling me. I'll tell you that. <laughs> DJ Paulie D or DJ Tanner from Full House? Oh, DJ Tanner. Right, yeah. I'm with you. All right, last one for me. Would you rather live in Santa Barbara or be Santa's barber? Oh, uh, Santa's barber. All right. Yeah. Hell yeah. All right. Brian, you're up. No, yeah, you lost yesterday. Brian, you're up. Good. Would you rather wrestle Diamond Dallas Page or steal a diamond from a woman in Dallas named Page? <laughs> Oh shit! I'll steal the diamond, even though it's shady. I don't steal, but I don't want to rule nobody. <laughs> Who would make a better jazz song, Carl Malone or Post Malone? Post Malone. Post Malone. <laughs> <jazz>. Let's go. <laughs> All 
you have to wear one of these for your, for a year. What would you pick? Tube socks or tube tops? Tube socks. <laughs> would you rather be trapped in duct tape or tape a duck? Oh shit. <laughs> I don't want to be trapped. I'd have to tape the duck. Sorry, duck. Arquita. All right, last one. Would you rather do a song with the Bloodhound Gang or own a gang of bloodhounds? I would fucking pay money to do a song with the Bloodhound Gang. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I right. love it. All right, I'm nervous. Here we Our go. Defending champion Eric up right now. Final round. Wrestle a big old croc or only wear crocs for the rest of your life? Both <laughs> <laughs> crocs, dude. <laughs> Forever. <laughs> I'm not going to wrestle a croc. That shit only... <laughs> you might win. One might, though. It's just like, ah. No, I'd, I'd, have, I'd have to wear crocs. Like, <laughs> crocs with jinko, so my jinko jeans would like cover the crocs. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. Um, you, you either have to always wear a bathing suit or wear a suit every time you bathe. Bathing mm. suit life. All day. Fuck it. Okay. Suit. Yeah. Would you rather fight Kendrick Lamar or have a llama named Kendrick? I'd rather, <laughs> I'd rather have a llama. I don't want to fight uh, him. Would you rather fight Birdman with a or fight a man using a bird? <laughs> I guess I just fight Birdman because it's one less thing in the equation. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fighting a man. Or I'd have to use a bird. I'm like, I'll just fight a regular style. I'll fight Birdman. Okay, would you rather hopscotch with Hobson or go to a fortune teller with Future? Oh, fortune teller with Future would probably be <laughs> fucking lit, dude. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, Hopper. Who is the best from? question? You got to pick a winner here. Does anyone stick out or whatever? My name's Eric. My name's Eric. Uh, uh, the Crocs. The Crocs question. God stuff. damn it. Eric's got the He had two of those questions were real fucking suspect on biting there a little bit. Brian's Wait. getting real fucking, real fucking uh, Brian's getting a real sore loser on us all of a sudden. What was, Wait, the fighting? The bathing suit. The bathing suit was, that, was that close? Was the, was the bathing suit close to another? Oh, we can talk about this. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's fine. Hoppa, yeah. man, thanks for participating and everything. <laughs> no problem. Out. Thanks, man. Before you go, if you have if you have uh, like one minute uh, excess IQ here, uh, he rapped for UB. We like to have him rap for some of the people we have on. UB actually said it reminded him a little of tech. So if you don't mind, listen to him just rap a cappella. Tell us what you think. Yeah. All right, you're up. Go for it, excess. Word up. <clears throat> Slipping the bait, we got in it. Chill the race, feel like I did it. Pick up the pace if you want to get in the race, you've already missed it. Ahead of the chase and keep my distance. Must be a misprint. Unless I misread, this says that someone here trying to step up with X would appear. This flex makes no sense. I'm going to kick it into gear. Don't hold your breath. Figured to come on that is correct. Without an ask finesse, we find a matter in a second. You've had to guess. If we always kind of regression with equal opposite efforts, we can't empower the message. If we don't stop at the pressure, we've got to be stopped at defensive. The coward in essence will encounter revenge. Sit this out on the bench, kid. I messed around with the powerful press kit. I said we keep it loud until my dad is restless. Pound my chest, bitch. We opera checks. Instead, I found your neck to kill a clown is red. Quick to drown your head. Resounding effect of account of events come around and confess. I hold down the best flows you can get. No, route to let's go and press no crowd. You wreck those. I doubt your specs won't forget just how we get those around. Is the bow I said so.
the meeting even killing it the secret secret i'm meeting even feeling fetus with the reasons i'm leaving the media they couldn't conceive of the media for being a severity but what are we even debating here let's make it clear the stage appears to wake your fears i taste the sheer but i'll give a bit dog we get off and it but we pick off to get anonymous killing all the killer shit okay, okay so honest opinion that's fire obviously you know how to rap and then you throw in the snaps that's tight as fuck because it gives it that fucking that vibe that live vibe i would as if as honest feedback i would break it down a couple parts man i would slow it the fuck down and just like go back and forth so because too much too much of that fools would just be like rapidly rap rap rapidly rap rap right too much rapping so it's like but if you style just break it down and then go back into that they're like oh 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 just give them take them on a roller unexpected coaster. i've unexpected back. twists and turns and shit which which i think like helps you know but you do that on a live show and shit it's fucking game over people be like going nuts you know what i mean yeah right. that would be my advice would be like yo just break it down a couple parts go slow and then bring it back up into what you're doing and then break it down and half time it and then go back in okay epic but i appreciate delivery, that yeah delivery and bars and everything was on fire word man thank you so much i greatly awesome. appreciate it yeah no doubt good shit hey hopper this is really cool man uh really thanks for you coming on really yeah. appreciate it thanks for having me man Shout no out problem to you. Yeah. yeah.